This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm talking with Dr. Kylie Hanish about stillbirth. This is obviously a very sad and difficult topic to discuss, and that's all the more reason for us to be talking about this. Stillbirth happens to more families than you might know, and the moms and families often feel sad, confused, angry, and many, many other things. We need to understand on a deeper level how this affects moms and families, what we can do to support them, and what resources are available to them for help. Dr. Kylie Hanish is a bereaved mother, founder of the Return to Zero Center for Healing, and doctor of occupational therapy at the University of Southern California. Kylie and her husband, Sean, are creators of the Emmy-nominated film Return to Zero, which is based on their personal experience of their son, Norbert, who was stillborn. This experience of the film inspired her to create the Return to Zero Center for Healing. Dr. Hanish has dedicated her practice to bringing occupational therapy to the community of bereaved mothers and the providers who interact with them. Thank you so much, Kylie, for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. I really respect the work that you do and how hard you work to help make sure that moms get the help that they need. And specifically, I think in the occupational therapy world, and I hope you can speak to this a little bit, people who are helping children to be on the lookout for what's going on for moms too, which in situations that can often be very challenging. So I'd like to start by asking you about how you came to be involved in the work that you're doing now. Um, Well, I didn't talk about my experience with my son who was stillborn for eight years. You know, I'm a very private person. I just stuffed it away and didn't really deal with it at all. And then when my husband made the film Return to Zero, as the film was starting to be released into the world, it had a huge community that was building internationally. So just on Facebook, people came together because they felt that their voice was 
being heard and that their experience was validated and they weren't so alone. So at that point, like once I saw that it was helping people just to know that there was this film out there, it hadn't even come out yet. I felt a shift in myself and I chose to start sharing my story with other people because I knew that it was helping other people. Even though it was the hardest thing for me to do, it was probably the best thing as well. It's just like, I have experienced so much healing by doing that, by sharing it and myself not being alone, not feeling like I'm the weird one or crazy stuff like that. So, so I started doing that. And then I just, with the retreats that I'm doing, I'm doing healing retreats for moms who have babies that die, you know, either during pregnancy or afterwards with that, it just came to me as an idea like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get a group of people together and they've all been through this similar experience? And so that was a big thing, creating community. And then the other thing was I really wanted to take care of them because I remember when I went through this experience, I was just like emotionally numb and couldn't do anything. So I wanted so much to take care of everything. So when the women come to the retreat, I make sure that they're not making decisions. Like everything is plan for them and they can come and just kind of relax a little bit. Even though they're going to do a ton of emotional work, they're not having to worry about anybody else but themselves. Mm -hmm. And even with that, they don't have to worry about feeding themselves or cooking or cleaning, all that like that's taken care of. So those were my two big things starting out was creating community and just taking care of women who have been through this. That was a little veering off of your question, but that's kind of led me. And then I also, through this process, created a website that is a resource center Mm -hmm. for perinatal loss. And so it all blossomed from the film really and had a life of its own. And I'm just kind of going along with it. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Right. It's a lot of work that you've put into this and just, you know, allowing yourself to tell your story. I mean, for anyone who's gone through anything like this, it's so hard to even, you know, figure out how you're feeling, let alone put it into words, let alone tell other people. And now you're doing that so that other people can heal. It's just amazing. Really, really great. And the Return to Zero film is partially based on your story, correct? Correct. Yes. So it's, I wouldn't say is exactly my story, but it's definitely based on our emotional experience of what we went through. Mm-hmm. And it shows like what this loss does to a marriage, what it does to a community of people, your family, that type of stuff. Right. And I've been able to see Return to Zero and then hear you speak about it right after, which is also very, very powerful. And there's very little out there like this, like Return to Zero and like the work that you're doing. There are pockets of it for sure, specifically focused on stillbirth and the pain that comes with that. So in terms of stillbirth and this really painful experience, can you speak to either your personal experience or what you've seen other people describe about what it feels like and what it does to them and go into more little detail about that? Sure. I'll start first with my experience. and. You know, everyone experiences it differently, but there's a lot of similarities. So I think shock is a huge thing in the beginning. You're in shock, you're trying to protect yourself. And so there can be like disconnection from yourself. And 
you're just numb as a person and because you're trying to shut off all the hurt that's going on. So like once that passes through, you know, everyone goes on with their life and you're stuck in this place of, oh, my baby died and what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And you feel like ashamed of what happened. You feel that people don't want to talk to you because they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. So they avoid you and mm-hmm. you feel pretty isolated and alone and there isn't a lot of support out there. I didn't have any support. Like there was no support groups. There wasn't anyone I knew that had been through this. Well, my mom had, but she didn't really talk to me about the emotional part of it. So I was pretty alone. And then I find that in a lot of other women as well. It's like, it's just hard to go back into life again after this happens because everyone does treat you differently Mm. and you're feeling alone. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. So, right. I mean, people are treating you differently, but not in a way that feels supportive. Yeah. I just think because people are not comfortable with death and grief, just our society doesn't have ways to deal with it. And so they don't know what to say. And there isn't really any right thing to say. But There's so, a lot but, of wrong things to say. There's a lot of wrong things to say. <laughs> That's unfortunately, <true. laughs> unfortunately, I mean, right. So 
the moms and families, it's affecting the whole family, but specifically the moms who've carried their child and are now dealing with the aftermath of their child's death. So you mentioned shame. Can you speak a little bit more to that and what that looks like? So a lot of women, when this happens, will blame themselves for this happening, even though most always it's not their fault, but they feel that their body failed them. They feel that their body failed their husband or their partner. And then also being the one that this happened to, like, oh, she's the one. Oh, her baby died. So that's hard. And then I also want to say that dads have a lot to deal with as well, but theirs is different. So with them, they're a lot of times trying to take care of the mom. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of push away their feelings because they're in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. But then their emotions will come up and that's also not talked about. Like, you know, people think, well, you didn't physically have to deliver the baby. And that's true. Like their experience is different than the mom's experience, but they still are going through grief and they need support as well. Right. And there's even less support for dads. Yeah. There's not enough support all around. What do you think moms and family members really need to know about this time, just in terms of what has just happened to them? For people who know that their baby is going to be born still, or if their baby is going to be born alive but die afterwards, I think that there is some information for that group of people to know. Mm-hmm. And that is you don't have to rush anything Mm -hmm. in this experience. Like you can take your time and you get to plan this time with your baby. Like once your baby is delivered, you have a very short amount of time that you're going to be with your baby. And so there's just a lot of things to consider during this time. I have on my website, a link under the resources section called at the hospital, but it's all about like things you can do. So you want to take photographs, you want to maybe bathe your baby, dress your baby, sing to the baby, read a book to the baby, those type of things. Like it's really parenting your baby, even though that baby's not alive. Mm -hmm. And this is just important for memory making. So you have this special time with the baby. You can spend as long as you want with the baby. You just have to either some hospitals have something called a cuddle cot, which is a cooling system in a bassinet, which is just help slow the body's changes that will happen after death, or you can get ice packs and put that with the baby. So that's really helpful. So if you want to read more about that on my website, I would highly recommend, like, especially if someone knows that they're going into this, it's really, really important information that that person will be so grateful that they had. Because, you know, I had no idea what was going on. And if you don't have a nurse who does like who just knows all these things, then you're kind of stuck and you have a lot of regrets afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that's that. So then, and then in terms of after the stillbirth in those like months and year afterwards, I mean, I guess there's a few things. I mean, that number one, I would try to accept help from people if they're wanting to help Mm -hmm. because the community support is really important. I also say that you really also need to stand up for what you are feeling that you need at that time. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to be left alone, 
you know, tell them that if you do want to talk about your baby, you have to tell people that like you have to Mm -hmm. educate them, your family and friends on how to deal with this because they don't know. And so you get to kind of write the handbook for them and teach them about this is how I want it to be. And, you know, like special occasions, like holidays and birthdays and that type of stuff. A lot of times we want to remember that baby. And so we'll want to do something special. But if the family doesn't support that, then it's just not a great thing. So if the person who's experienced the loss wants something, they just need to advocate for that. So I think, I mean, you know, and then just be really gentle with yourself as well. Like understanding that it does like time helps, you know, lessen the pain, which is important. However, at the same time, if you don't do emotional work on yourself, dealing with the grief, it's going to be hard to find healing. You're going to be stuck in a place Mm -hmm. that's like anger or sadness if you're not like processing it. Right. Absolutely. And I do want to, in just a little bit, kind of touch on the kinds of help that's available and the things that you've seen that have been helpful to families. But before we get to that, I want to also kind of speak to healthcare providers, if you can, about just from your perspective and from what you've learned from other moms, what they kind of are hoping from their healthcare providers, maybe specifically in the hospital and in any kind of aftercare. That's kind of a big question, but <laughs> I tend to ask big questions. I've come to find out. So yeah, if you can speak to like, what would you want some medical providers to understand about this period of time? I think like at the hospital or what it's like before or during mm-hmm. that process, I think having somebody who is educated on what things could be helpful to the family during this time is really important and allowing them to spend time with their baby. And, you know, what's another big thing is really showing respect to the baby, mm-hmm. you know, like treating it like it was a live baby and letting the mom and dad and family, you know, do what they want to do during that time, like not rushing them and just giving them the space and the support to make memories during that time. And then afterwards, I mean, I think it's really great if you can follow up and provide resources for people and also like not follow up once and just forget about it. But, you know, like even sending a card or checking in like three months down the road, six months down the road and, you know, reiterating like these resources are available, even if they're online resources, like if you're in a place that doesn't have any in-person support, that's available. You know, and if you're some kind of therapist, I think knowledge is really important of this experience Mm -hmm. because if you go talk to someone who hasn't been through this and they don't know a lot about it, they're not going to be very helpful because they're not going to understand what the other person's dealing with. Mm -hmm. So education is important. And with education, then you can give suggestions of what has helped for other people. All right. So what does help. What have you seen that's helpful? I mean, you've talked a little bit about your retreat and how that's helpful. And it sounds like an amazing atmosphere that you create. And what other things have you found that are useful, whether it be, you know, traditional therapy or untraditional types of therapy? So in a general theme, one thing that's really important is that 
the people can have a relationship with their child like they want to. So, you know, it often helps people to set up a special area in their home that is dedicated. It's like a little shrine to Mm -hmm. the baby where they can have a photograph or special things that remind them of that baby. Mm -hmm. It's a sacred place. That is helpful. And I think it's helpful because not only is it honoring that child, but it's also making it out in the open. Yeah. Even if it's just in their bedroom, but it's still there, like you're not hiding it. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to connect, you know, that lost part of you with the other part of you. So it's not two different people. Cause I see that happening. It happened with me and I see it happening with other people, like in the world, you're one person and by yourself, you're another. And it's really important to integrate the two. Mm. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So so I think like, memorializing the baby somehow is really important for you and celebrating special holidays and birthdays is important for some people. I'm doing some kind of like a lot of people start a foundation or a project that will be for this population of moms and babies because they've been through it and like they want to provide some people will make boxes to give to the moms at the hospital Mm -hmm. and some people like have made weighted teddy bears that they give to the mom that weigh the same weight as the baby. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people will take on projects and then and along the same lines, people will do some kind of advocacy work, you know, trying to make changes in hospital, in policy, that type of stuff. So just being involved with organizations that are doing that can also feel like you're taking some of the control back into your own hands in a situation that you're so not in control of. I mean, this and this like this doesn't happen right away. 
mm-hmm. but you know, down the line. I and mean, I think as like closer to the loss would be if there's a support group, that's really important because you're in person with people talking about your experience just so you don't feel crazy. But if you don't have that access to that, mm-hmm. then you can go online. There's lots of different support groups online as well. That's so great, right? Because there are very few support groups even here in Southern California. I think people are really working on getting these resources up and available and running, but we need more. And, you know, the work that you're doing is really helping to get more resources to people. So you mentioned something, right? So the moms and families who are going through this, most of the time, then they were not either given information ahead of time or, I mean, very few people who are experts in stillbirth are experiencing stillbirth while being an expert, essentially. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that nobody knows when they're going into this and when they're experiencing this, what to do and how to get through this. But in like your experience, you said the pretty much, you know, the same thing that you didn't have support, you didn't know what to do. And now it's your passion to be helping moms make sure that they're not alone. Everyone is just trying to find their way through and figure out how to get through this period of time. And with the work that you're doing and on your website, you have some resources that are very helpful in helping people to just kind of have something to hold on to. What do I do? How do I deal with this? Can you say a little bit more about what you provide on your website? Yeah, so I have information. Well, if you live in Los Angeles, I have a tab at the top that's called Los Angeles and it has different providers here that have knowledge of perinatal loss. So that's great. I have information about just educating people about what are normal grief reactions? You know, what about pregnancy after loss? What about those people who can't have a baby after a loss? Information for family and friends and different places where you can find support as well. I also forgot to mention that Dr. Ivy Margulies and I started a pregnancy loss and infant death directory. The website's pregnancylossdirectory.com. And on that directory, we have information around the world of people who support this population of women Mm -hmm. or support groups and organizations that are about this. So we're still building it, but it can be a great resource for people and If you're out there and you want to be on this, you know, you guys can email me. To be listed as a resource. As a resource, yes. That's awesome. Okay, so I want to direct people to your website. Is your film also listed on there? The film is listed on there as well, yes. That's right. So the website is www.returntozero, spelled out, uh, returntozerohealingcenter.com. And you have a Facebook Return to Zero film page. So for you guys who are listening and who need support and want support, please check out those resources. And for providers who are listening, healthcare providers, therapists, anyone really who comes in contact with a mom or a family during the perinatal period, if you want to get more information or are there resources or directions for where to get training? Well, There's a hospital training Mm -hmm. that Resolve Through Sharing does. So they go in and educate the nurses and the social work Mm -hmm. staff, and they're great. And then also Deb Rich, who you've had on this program, she hosts a training for psychologists, therapists, 
uh, dedicated to this topic. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do in this area to make sure that providers are trained and that resources are available for moms and you're on the forefront of that. And I'm, I'm very grateful for all the work that you're doing around stillbirth and supporting families. Thank you so much for all that you do and for being on with us. Thank you so much for having me. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.